moving on and welcome to another episode of the Jay Rana Show. Today, I have the pleasure and privilege of having the one and only DJ Insomnia. Mr. Jay Rana, what's up, man? What's going on, big guy? I'm good, man. Chilling, dude. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Take two. Take two. We are back. Round two. The reason I'm <laughs> saying take two is because we recorded last time, two weeks ago, and our conversation just flowed. Yeah. It was like an hour, hour, 20 minutes, hour, half an hour. It was long. And my producer was like, yo, Jay, we ran out of space. Yo. <laughs> we upgraded this time though, right? We did. We did. We're good. We're we good. We got the memory cards like six hours long. We could talk yeah. all day long. Yeah. was like, yo, we got six hours. I'm like, all right, if me and Jay go for six hours, is a problem. We can, somebody <laughs> needs to come in and stop us. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what? When you're having a conversation with a friend of yours, when you're having a conversation with the industry, yeah. the passion behind it, the words just flow, man. It's, it's like easy. nonstop. It was easy. And that's that's the best kind of uh, podcast you could po- possibly listen to because Absolutely. it's effortless. Is, I don't want my guests to be like, yo, these guys are back again talking about some dumbass stuff. <laughs> I don't want that. I want, I want my guys to be engaged. Yeah. All of you guys to be engaged. If you have any questions, any comments, things you want us to talk about, let me know. When we release it, the comment section, that's all you. That's where you live. That's going to be your damn store. Sounds good? Sounds good. Subscribe, comment below. Subscribe, comment below. <laughs> <laughs> we were just recently talking about the LGBTQ community. Yes. Right. I was telling you that just a few weeks ago, I had a client and the client were heterosexual, mm-hmm. right and groom, but their family and friends, they were part of the community, right? Yeah. The bridal party. And it was crazy because the groom even made a speech during the third day. The third day was a reception. It's a mm-hmm. three day event. Yeah. Right. The third day was a reception. And he made it a point to point out that we have bridesmaids on the groom side mm-hmm. and groomsmen on the bride side because it's 2023 yeah and love is love yes and that was awesome yeah i bet it was i'm telling you like when you like me personally i was there and i get the chance to see all these new things right mm-hmm. it was like a sudden rush of euphoria yeah that comes over me you know it's like this is new it's groundbreaking and all that beautiful stuff yeah you know oh well how many years have you been in the LGBT community as an entertainer? The first time I did, um, the first one I ever did was, was uh, a gay wedding back in 2011. No, yeah. sorry, 2013. It was at uh, oh, Chelsea Piers. Yeah, so 10 years now. <laughs> so 10 years ago, I mean, it wasn't as common. No, not at all. Actually, I don't even know if it was like legal, technically legal at that point okay. on paper, but... Um, Either way, we did it, and it was an incredible experience. It's something yeah. I look back on, and, you know, 10 years ago, I was 28 years old, and, you know, having done something like that so early on. Now, yeah. I wouldn't say early on, but at a much younger age. Um, but for the community itself, it's pretty early. Yeah, it's really early, and and, and, and this is, like, something brand new, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't really even know any other DJ in our community that had it done um, an LGBTQ wedding at that point. Mm-hmm. So there was nobody I could really kind of turn to and be like, hey, like, what should I expect what in terms do, of music? Play, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, is there anything I need to be, like, sensitive about? Like, any of those things, right? Yeah, and those questions, like, they may be, like, ignorant and, like, naive now. No, but you don't know what um, you don't But know. at that time, like, I didn't know, right? So it was a very, like, not, not I want to say nerve-wracking, but I was nervous a little bit, yeah. you know? Because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. But once we got the dance floor rocking... It was amazing, That's man. All it takes, right? It was so awesome. It was so different from all like this, the, the weddings we've done. Yeah. And not that the weddings we've done are bad, but like it's just different, man. And sometimes like you need a switch, you need a change, and the music taste and the music selection of like, you know, what they wanted was just awesome. And I had a blast. I got to play stuff that I don't normally play, you know. <laughs> nice. So it's cool. I mean, that's the best thing, right? Because, yeah. Because you get to express yourself. Yeah. And it's not the common songs. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm not sure about you, but it's the same 75 songs that every DJ plays. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's the same 75 songs that yeah. every DJ plays. Yeah. Top 40 Bollywood, Top 40 American, and you switch it up, yeah. put some reggaeton in it, put some reggae in it, yeah. and you got yourself a playlist. Little differences here and there, but you typically end up playing the same thing, and anybody that says otherwise is lying They're out lying. of teeth. <laughs> I tell my DJs all the same time, do me a favor, can you give me a storyline? Create a story. Yeah. Take these songs. Mm-hmm. I, I I fuck with them all the time. I got 10 songs. These are 10 songs. Yeah. Create a five-minute skit for me. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Play around with it, right? Yeah. Go to side B, side A, different cues, different mm-hmm. choruses, versus have fun with it. Yeah. Wordplay. Yeah. Do something. DJing a party creative. is like... It's like a book. Like there's a beginning, there's a middle, and an end, right? The beginning yeah. part, especially, you know how it was when we did like nightclubs back in the day. Like the opening DJ was kind of like introducing the crowd to the room, setting the tone, setting the vibe. And like that's what you do in a storybook. You're kind of introducing like just the, the base of what the story's going to be about, what we're about to get into. And then yeah. once you get into like the Vibes. meat or the potatoes, like then, then like you're kind of rocking, you're full speed ahead. And then, you know, you got to kind of, you know, end properly and conclude the night conclude the story in a, yeah. in a certain way and like that in itself is a talent right like being able to scratch mix like that's all one thing but party rocking is literally like creating a story on the dance floor and it sounds kind of hippy dippy or whatever but like it's if you know how though. to do it right 100%. it's a beautiful thing and yeah. the crowd connects with you when, when djs talk about a crowd connecting with you that's exactly what they're talking about is you create a story and th- their eyes are glued to that story they're, they're glued on you and they just want to rock with you the whole night 100 it's a journey yeah it's a journey 100 you, you take them on a journey where is this guy taking me mm-hmm. right and i've heard that a few times as far as the type of music you play yeah uh, the energy behind it and all that beautiful stuff yeah you mentioned scratching a little bit mm-hmm. ago, right bro your scratch skills <laughs> What's that song? Was it the Percolator? Yeah. Was the What's that? Uh, it's yours. Like you own it. No. So no, 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 I got no. I got to give my flowers due okay. properly uh, to DJ Nitro from back in the day because he's the guy that I, I first. DJ Nitro. What's his name? Dur- uh, sorry, not Dershon is my partner. Okay. Uh, Neil. Okay. Neil. So DJ Nitro. Shout out to him. He was the first guy I saw. Was you off of Absolute? Was it Absolute? No, no, Universal. Universal. Okay. Universal Productions. Yeah, yeah. So all these names are coming back to me. Back I know it's crazy, right? Ninety-eight, ninety-nine era. Yeah. So like Neil was the first guy that I. And every time I see Neil at a wedding, um, I, I call him up. I'm like, Yo, Nitro, I need you like just rock out with me real quick, and I'll throw nice. on the percolator. I'll do a Frank Ski hose in this house. Yeah. And you know we'll just cut it up and stuff, right? Um, but like he's the first guy that I ever saw do that, and. I like for years I tried to emulate that and practice it and you know just figure it out and then uh, eventually I got it down. I just recorded a video on put it up on YouTube. I think it has like twenty thousand plus plays at this point. Congratulations! So, yeah, thanks, man. I just threw it up. I'm like, yo, let me just put it out there, and then it just kind of caught fire. And that's all a skill going. set, bro. Like yeah. I never really taught myself how to scratch. I didn't go down that road at all. I figured, uh, let me just learn how to mix. Yeah. Mix properly, be creative with it, yeah. wordplay, mm-hmm. like in a juggling beats, stuff of that nature. Yeah. Never really got into scratching. I feel like now, like scratching is huge. Yeah. Like scratching is huge from one song to another song. Like, how do you feel about that though? Like the whole concept of mixing is one thing, right? Yeah. Then you add your sync button into it. That that's another thing, right? Yeah. You're beat matching. Mm-hmm. Now you're scratching, right? So now the ability to mix 
does it go out the door for you or is just like dropping one song to another because i feel like when you're scratching that so also like you're yeah. creating your own beats yeah um i think scratching so when i first learned how to scratch i was like yo this is the coolest thing yeah i'm gonna show off i'm gonna be that guy That's what's up. and i quickly learned that i should not be that guy <laughs> and there's a party i used to do in new york city called indus tuesdays it was ran by manny from dj I karma remember indus tuesdays. yeah so manny from dj karma uh used to run it along with karma himself uh Tinku. and i remember i was doing a party and you know whatever i'm doing my thing and karma himself comes up to me he's like yo i get it you can scratch and i'm like and i was so confused for a second i'm like what do you what do you mean okay yeah like what does that mean and he's like dude i get it we all get it you know how to scratch okay now stop because <laughs> like too much? I, I was doing too much okay and the point i'm trying to get at is like scratching should be used as a tool to transition into the next song, especially when you're party rocking, right? Yeah. If you're in front of a D, you know a bunch of DJs and you just want to show off, yeah, do whatever you want to do, right? Like that's a different story. If you're in like that environment, that setting where it asks you to show off and do your thing, yeah. great. But if you're doing a wedding or even a nightclub, whatever, like that scratching should be used as a transition tool sure. versus you trying to flex your muscle and you know beat your chest, like yeah, I know how to do this because like. The girls just want to hear the song. They don't want to hear you going back and forth, like flex, bringing the song back, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. scratching and doing all these crazy and things. Talking over the music, like flex. Yeah, like it just, when you're, and I have a uh, saying that I always tell my guys in my company if you're doing too much, stop. And yeah. that could be regarding anything, right? If you're using too much tape to tape down a wire, stop. You're doing too much. <laughs> if you are trying to lift something that's too heavy and you're working too hard to lift that up, Stop. Ask for help. So regardless of anything that you do with DJing mm -hmm. and in the live entertainment industry, I feel like if you do too much, it's it's a very bad thing and most definitely for scratching. So any DJs that are out there, like what I've seen a lot is DJs just start cutting it up, like doing all these random yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, relax, bro. Like it's, I it's, had to tell a couple of my guys too at the weddings, bro. Bring it down a notch. Yeah, it's too much sometimes. And like nobody wants to hear that. Like at the because I've attended weddings myself and I'm like, oh, God, this guy. Like, And sometimes like they know I'm there. And, and they want to impress they, you. They want to impress and show off a little bit. So they'll start cutting it up or whatever. And sometimes it's just like, like bro. like How do you feel about that when you go into a room as a guest? And obviously, you're like people know who you are, clearly, right? You go into a room, you're a guest. Yeah. There goes the DJ, and they're shitting bricks at this point. I know for a fact they're gonna be shitting bricks at this point. Yeah. Right? Do you approach them? Do you say, "Hey, what's going on?" Oh, I show love. Like, I show yeah. love. I'm not that dude. Like, I mean, you know, like I know I have a certain place in this industry where like people will look at me and be like, "Oh, like you know, that's insomnia, cool respect," you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I never let that get to my head because I know where I came from Staying and where I started, huge. and and you have to, man, because I've seen dudes get super cocky and arrogant, and I just like I'm like, dude, I, I want nothing to do with you, man. And I'm like, if someone were to look at me that way, I would yeah. hate that. Yeah. So I try to remain as humble as I possibly can yeah. without losing sight as to how hard I've worked and yeah. where I am now. Um, but I never let that get the best of me, right? I, I never want that do devil on my shoulder saying, yo, like, talk your bro. No, it's like, no, I have the angel saying, like, yo, like, calm down, relax. Like, you know, you work so hard to get here. Yeah. Being cocky and arrogant can take you right back there. So, but there's a time to flex. There is a time to flex. Yeah, obviously, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never forget how hard it worked and where I came from and where I am forget, now. You're the boss now, but there yeah. were times where you also grabbed your gear, you hauled gear, yeah. taping on your mm -hmm. knees. You did all that stuff, yeah. right? Hundred percent. And when I, if I'm a guest at an event or if I show up to a nightclub and I know the DJ there, like I'll always give a 
pound, say what's up, you know, always show love, you know, no matter what, you know, and first and foremost, like I'm a DJ and I'm a purist at heart. And for us, like, especially as like a South Asian community, like our DJ community is smaller than, you know, everybody else, like Latinos and African-Americans, you know, whites, everybody. We're a lot smaller than them, right? There is a lot of us for sure, but it's a lot smaller. And I think that's something that we all need to kind of like hold on to and respect and cherish because if you start hating one another, our community falls apart. Well, There's with no that love. mindset, you started uh, Turntable Talk. Yes. Yeah. No, right. that's exactly what it was. And I started Turntable Talk because for many years, there was a lot of hate in our community. And I, I just, I got personally sick of that's, it. Uh, that's so unfucking unfortunate. It sucks. It's so unfortunate. It I mean, sucks. we're all brown. Yeah. We come from the same cloth. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We have the same goals. Yeah. We have the same values. We have the yeah. same culture. Mm-hmm. We're the same. Yeah. In every single aspect of the word, right? We're yeah. all the same. We're all brown. We're mm-hmm. for the same exact reason. Yeah. So I, th- so, I hate to say it like this, but yeah. why can't we all get along? So I think the reason a lot of this stuff happened was the downfall of the nightlife industry for the South Asian community. Okay. So like the I think I, I did nightlife parties, like nightclub parties from like 2000 to like I think my last party that I can remember was like 2009. Okay. Right? Then after it was a long time ago, right? Yeah. Over a decade at this yeah. point, right? And, I, you know, obviously there's some Indian parties here and there. You know, some kids came in through some parties here and there or whatever. But there was never like a formal scene like what we grew up on, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, like the Indian parties we see at like the VFW halls, Ramada Inn, uh, stuff like VFW that, right? halls. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the Ramada I mean, Inn on 18. Yeah, but like, like that's the thing. Like everybody, like you would see like five different promotion groups on one flyer. Yeah. Because you'd have like these separate crews. Yeah, like they're technically competitors. But to like make a great event to put on a great event they'd come together 100%. and throw a kick-ass party yeah. and that from there like you'd have different djs from different crews because every crew had their own dj right yeah, yeah. you know that dj would be like the face of like their their crew so they, they'd come in they'd rock out and you'd be like djing next to like somebody else that like maybe it's not in your crew but like now you're becoming friends with like you're you're you're, you're fucking with them yeah. essentially and like now you guys are all boys. You guys are all hanging out outside of the the parties, yeah. and I'm, there's obviously a lot of beef mixed in with all that stuff. But for the most part, like DJs were exposed to one another, yeah. so there was a sense of community with South South Asian DJs. But then once all that party stuff ended mm-hmm. and everybody just ended up at weddings, everybody was very clicky and everybody was kind of in their own little bubble, whatever. Yeah. So I felt like. There was a lot of like animosity built up because it's like they're not getting exposed to each other. Nobody's hanging out with each other, at least the DJs that I know of. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe the younger generation is hanging around with each other or whatever. And I, I just don't know about it. But I think for, there was a whole generation gap, bro. There was a big generation gap. And I, I know like there were a lot of guys who weren't hanging around each other and maybe they didn't have an opportunity to meet other DJs like we used to. Yeah back in the day so i started turntable talk to get like djs underneath one roof and they all rock out it wasn't a club party but it was just like a dj showcase but it was also a networking event so people could meet each other and build up that camaraderie again and network with one another potentially work with one another and a lot of that eventually did happen so um mission accomplished i would say in my books um that was a big deal it was great, man. That was a we got on uh, the first one that was what's called uh avs came in and did like a whole piece on it they did a whole segment. Uh, Jugal Hansraj, remember? Do you remember him? He's from uh, Mohabbat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the actor. Yeah. 
I heard him say my name on the show. I was like, this is so cool. This is awesome. <laughs> my, my mom was like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's, he's a little older now, but Could that's cool. You know? like, Let me do it again. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like it was awesome. Like We had a big movement happening, and then unfortunately COVID hit, and momentum kind of slowed everything down. Do you down. see it coming back? I don't think so. No? And I think it's one of those things where there's so much time that passed on that that animosity grew okay. and that competitiveness grew again. Yeah, but you can't get lost in that though. I, I don't I don't say I would get lost in it, but it's a fight that's it's a big battle. fight. It's a very uphill like a very steep uphill it's battle. Be an uphill battle. And it's one of those things that I'm like, you know what? I like like it's one of those things where if somebody wants to change themselves, like they got to do it from within, like nobody else is going to change them. Right. Yeah, so it's the same thing with said, like, right? it's the same thing with the South Asian community, right? Like if everybody's going to hate on each other and they don't want to fix that, there's nothing I can do. That's going to really, cause I, I did my part, right? Like I threw the event, I hosted the event. I wanted people to come out. Um, and it just was, there was a lot of resistance pushback on it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe not, Right now is the time to do this event. I disagree, bro. I disagree for so many reasons. Gandhi said himself, if you want to see the change in the world, it starts by yourself, right? Yeah. With yourself. Yeah. And yes, it is an uphill battle, but if you don't fight the fight, who is? Yeah. No one's going to want to fight the fight. Yeah. Because they think, no, it's too much um, animosity out there. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. It's going to be a losing battle, but so why even do it? Yeah, yeah. But then if you don't do it, then who is? Right? I feel like it's, this common, it's, it's common in the brown community. Yeah. Brown community, I feel like we don't support each other. Mm -hmm. Brown people don't support other brown people. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. I mean, I yeah. I take a look at our neighbors, right? The Jewish community. Mm -hmm. They're so far ahead of the game. Yeah. In all aspects of business, mm -hmm. you know, media, entertainment, financing. Very tight-knit. You, you said it yourself. They're tight-knit. Yeah. Because they support each other. Yeah. There's a saying that if out of five Jewish folks, one person has money, all five of them have the same money. Yeah. Right? It's common. I feel like brown people, they just want to outdo each other mm -hmm. and just want to be isolated and just be that person by themselves. Yeah, yeah. But it's lonely. You can't be there by it's yourself. It's a very lonely business. I'm actually glad you brought that up. Um, like What we do is a very lonely business 100%. because even the people in your own crew, like you might think, like, oh, we're friends and stuff. But the minute you stop cutting that check mm -hmm. or you stop stop receiving that check, like yeah, that... that connection that happens quote-unquote friendship will disappear and i've seen that many times happening even within my own crew there's guys that come in and out people who i thought like were my friends were my boys but then the minute that that paycheck yeah got cut off and they left my crew to do whatever they wanted to do that that relationship just fizzled that's out and it sucks because then sucks. it makes you like almost like develop like a, like a thicker skin yeah you know uh you develop this bubble almost and it starts to feel a little lonely it's like then you start like for me at least I'm like all right like who's real who's not even like with other vendors like you like, want to distance yourself from yeah it. like I I and I don't want to because I'm a very social person I love everybody yeah. I love talking to people I love working with people but it's like those little things it's like it makes you realize how lonely our industry can be 100% and it sucks because I don't I, I don't wish that on anybody I I wish everybody was just best friends all the time and that's why we're doing what we're doing right now like yeah. with the turntable talk we're being with podcast trying to bring the community together yeah and I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this podcast we talked about this the last time yeah. and i'm like i'm so happy you're doing this because this is like for me like what turntable talk was also where yeah. like you're bringing people together people who may not necessarily like see one another like you don't always see, like me and you we run into each other once in a while at events yeah. you'll run into some of the other guests at events but like it's not like 
we get to sit down one on one and just talk shit. Like yeah, we don't we get can. to do this we often, can. you know. You don't even have ten minutes to talk. Yeah, it's tough. I'm sure That's I'm getting it. messages on my phone right now from clients. You know, this is one of those things. But like, I'm glad you're doing this because it's it's bringing community together to discuss topics that are meaningful to us. Hundred yeah. percent, and that's that's what it is, right? Yeah. The, the space was there. People needed to know what we thought about our own industry, right? Yeah. What? Why I've been in it for such a long time. Why you're in it for such a yeah. long time? What do you get out of it? What do I get out of it? Yeah. Is it the passion? Is it the finances? Mm-hmm. Is it the social circle? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is it? Yeah. Right? There's a reason why we do this. There's yeah. now it's not all glitz and glamour. No, it's not. It's not glitz and glamour. And I got a feeling that most of the people out there, most clients, they think it's all glitz and glamour. Jay, you guys are on top of the world. You get paid good money. You dress a certain way. You eat a certain way. And then you're sleeping on the weekdays. No. <laughs> I wish I was sleeping on the weekdays. <laughs> right? <laughs> that doesn't happen. The no. glitz and glamour on Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays only comes on, only comes with the hard work Mondays all the way to Thursday. Yeah. You're grinding. You're completely yeah. fucking grinding. Every but even but now. even when we're at the events, it's still a grind. It's still a grind. You it's know? work. It's work. You know, like, yeah, you'll see social media, us rocking parties and crazy lights and CO2 cannons. Like, it's like, you know, it's the craziest thing on social media. There's a strategy But there's so much, things. yeah, but there's like so much like grind work that goes into making those epic moments, right? Yeah. So, um, it, it, it's it's one of those things like you have to love it to be in this industry. You if you love don't it. love it, you're gonna fizz off real quick. Will chew you up, yeah. spit you out. Mm-hmm. You'll burn why, out so quick. That's why I, I see so many talented people, talented people from DJs, MCs to planners mm-hmm. to photographers, talented people coming in yeah. for two three years and they're out the door. Yeah, no, they can't work with the time schedule. Yeah, the weekends because the weekends are are shot at this point right yeah and that's huge because i got a feeling that most people go from a nine to five and now they want to pursue their career in the wedding industry yeah or the events industry in general mm-hmm. and the events industry is a weekend thing yeah it's not nine to five bro it's 24 hours yeah 24 7 baby <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly forget about time with your mom your dad your sisters your brothers your kids yeah your girlfriends your boyfriends i mean you're a dad yeah right i'm sure that takes a big toll on you like yeah. leaving your kids your kid at home on the weekends you know, when that's your time to bond with your child. Yeah. And it's not even just the weekends, even the weekdays. Like right now, I dropped my son off at my parent, uh, my uh, parent in law's. Uh, Should have brought him in. Man, it, it, bro, this podcast would not be recorded right now. <laughs> I'll be chasing him around this office right I now. I'm producer uh, to bring a high chair. <laughs> yeah. Time. I'll next bring time. him in next. I was thinking about bringing my dog here just to let him chill here. But um, yeah, like it, it, even like during the weekdays, it's crazy, right? Like, What's your dog's name? Theo. Theo. Yeah. What kind of dog is he? Golden Doodle. 85 nice. pound big boy. 85 pounds. Yeah, nice and fluffy. That's a big boy. He's a big boy. Damn. It, when my wife and I got him, we're like, you know, he was categorized as a standard doodle. So we're like, oh, cool. He's going to be small because all the ones I've ever seen were small. Yeah. And he comes to our house and he's got these big ass paws. And the vet's <laughs> like, oh, he's going to be a big dog. He's be a big Everybody's, boy. you know, meeting him. Oh, he's going to be a big dog. And then we're like, what, what is everybody talking about? And then now it's like. So those paws. After, after now he's, dog, a, right? he's a big ass dog. So, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love him. He's he's great dog, very well behaved. But anyways, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So like the weekdays is crazy because, you know, I'm here doing this podcast. 
I just came from Paramus from a, a client meeting and like I had to drop my son off and my in-laws just so they could watch him for a little bit, right? Tomorrow he goes back to daycare, but then tomorrow I got site visits to do, right? Yeah. So even during the weekdays, like there's a balance act that has to happen to maintain my work and my business, yeah. but also be the best father I could possibly be at the same time, right? Is it a struggle or is it like seamless? It's sometimes it's a struggle okay. and then sometimes it's absolutely seamless and I got to give so much credit to my wife I was because that. Your support yeah, she is incredible. She makes this thing look easy as hell and <laughs> I would be like a lost puppy if it wasn't for her. So I got to, you know, read my love you. Thank you. All but, our women, that's, yeah. that's, that's what they're really good at. To yeah. make it look easy. Yeah. She makes it look very easy when, especially like when he first came home, like it was just nuts. Sure. He came, he was born, his birthday's in July and it was smack dab in the middle of wedding season. Yeah. So literally the week, so he was born on a Thursday, the following Friday, Saturday, I had weddings. So I was right back to work. There Did was no like... Did you want to go back to work? No. Yeah. Re- realistically, no. But like it, as a business owner and, you know, an entrepreneur, you don't have, you know, maternity leave. You don't have that luxury. You don't have that luxury of maternity yeah. leave. You know, like there's people who are telling me like, oh, you should like plan to take off a month after, you know, he's born. I'm like who's paying the bills <laughs> you know what i mean like like money's yeah, yeah. gotta come in right so like i don't we don't have that luxury and that's a sacrifice i think a lot of clients don't fully understand is that like you know we don't have the luxuries that most people that no, have a nine-to-five job all. have and you know it, it's it's crazy and like and that also should emphasize how much we love what we do because we love what we do, but yeah. we also love our family, and we gotta, you know, make both things work, and we find a way to make it work. Sometimes it's mad difficult, man. Yeah, there's so many times where I've missed out on so many dinners, baby showers, mm-hmm. birthday parties, yeah, all that good stuff. My aunt cool. hosts a Diwali dinner every year, and I miss it every year because yeah, right. I have an event, and she will never like <laughs> let me, you know, go off easy on that. You know, it was funny because I because I was going through the same exact things, right? Like mm-hmm. always missing the parties and like always missing family time. Yeah, and then they start thinking a certain way. The family mm-hmm. members are like, well, he doesn't want to be around a family, mm-hmm. right? So that's one yeah. way to look at it. And then your young cousins are like, no, no, he's out working, he's DJing. Yeah. Well, okay, so then after a while, you start to come off as. Um, quote unquote a celebrity mm-hmm. because they see you online mm. but they don't see you at the family events mm. so then when yeah. you oh so, you're too good yeah 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 Jay, Exa- you're too good exactly, right exactly exactly <laughs> well, you're too good yo you don't understand how many times I came across that nonsense yeah. and the thing is so with the same thing so if you were to actually make time and go to that particular event mm-hmm. oh Jay you're not working today come on <laughs> That that, Come that on. that's yeah that's a weird question. It's like, oh, what are you doing here? You're not you're not working today. Yeah, almost exactly. kind of like judging you for a second. Hundred like, percent. Like, like everything okay? Like you're not working? Like I'm good, I man. Like just, y'all I'm here. Like enjoy the fact that I'm here right yeah. now because this, this is a very rare occasion. And you gotta explain that all the time. It yeah. pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does, man. And there's a certain time frame like. Like we dress a certain way when we're working, mm-hmm. we're on. It's yeah. on off switch, right? Yeah. And then when you're with your family and friends, it's completely different, right? Mm-hmm. You're not working. Yeah. You're not dressed a certain way. So now the yeah. expectations are completely different. Mm-hmm. There were times where I had to like dress down to go to my family events. Yeah. I can't wear my flower. My, <laughs> yo, my uncle you can will wear that tear anywhere, me apart. Bro. <laughs> <a fly> ass <laughs> jacket. I appreciate that. My uncles and aunts, my cousins will tear me apart. Yeah. yeah. If I wore this like, to a family gym. Oh, Jay just came from work, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I caught myself. I, I, I called myself a, a few weeks ago. I was at a family birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. At the Excelsior. And like, as an entertainer, when I walk into a room, 
I pause in front of the entrance, yeah. gauge the room real quick, a few seconds, yeah. then I make my entrance. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. I arrived, I opened the door, and I see my cousins hanging around, and I stood there for like a good five, maybe seven seconds. Yeah, that's yeah. a long time. Mm-hmm. And just gauging the room and see where everybody else, then I made my way inside. Yeah. My cousin caught me, he's like, yo, Jay, what, you were waiting for a applause? <laughs> 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 I'm like, Actually, I was waiting for a fucking applause. I'm used to that Let's shit. Let's go. Come on. But it was my applause. Like, nah, bro. Welcome home. Oh, my God. Welcome home. They'll, yeah, yeah. they'll reset you so quickly. Yeah. I mean, they'll level set you, bring you back to reality. Listen, you're yeah. still my little cousin, no matter where you think you're going, blah, blah, blah. And that jacket is flight, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's part of it. That's, that's part of it. Like, you know, dressing a certain way when you're mm-hmm. working and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you a question, though. Like, dressing a certain way when you're mm-hmm. at an event. Yeah. I'm sure you work with celebrity MCs, celebrity DJs, mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Like yeah. a show coming in, mm-hmm. a singer coming in. For example, Jay Sean. Yeah. Right? Jay Sean, if you're listening, I would love to have you on the show. Come on. Later, okay, my man? Dope show, bro. We know bro. Come a few people. <laughs> we know a few of the same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, like having a singer come on board and um, doing a performance, yeah. right? Which is great. And it's great for the audience itself. Mm-hmm. But I always thought, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I always thought that that it takes away from the energy and the attention for the bride and groom. I think everybody's looking to separate their event from the next one over because every call I get from a client, hey, how can we make our event different from the next, right? Because what ends up happening, you see a lot of recycled mundups and, you know, stage decor. Well, that's you, all the, products though, right? I mean, everyone's yeah. going to be limited with the same products. But that, that's the thing. Like... It, a lot of it's redundant. Even the food menu. Like, I don't even eat food at these receptions because what is it? Butter chicken, paneer makhani, you know, balak paneer. Mm. Like, it's the same thing over and over again. Yep. Like, you know, all, all our whole crew would have diabetes if we kept eating all this food. It was just, you know, it's just <laughs> Yo, bad I gained, oily food. Uh, I was 240 pounds at one point. 240 pounds. Yeah. And I was all fat. Yeah. And because I was eating every single weekend dinner. Yeah. I had the, the plate with the rice and a goat. Yeah. And not on the side. Yeah. That's all I ate. Just carbs and oil. That's all I ate. That's <laughs> and all I butter. Ate. And the next thing I knew, I was 240 pounds. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And now I just enjoy the cocktail hour a little bit yeah. at a time. If it's grilled food, it. like grilled chicken and stuff like yeah. that, I'm all for it. But after that, it's like, nah, like, because it's, it's like non, you know, the bread, rice, oil, yeah, butter, man. this, that. It's like just carbs and like. I wonder it's if a there's lot. any catering company that's going to come out with a vegan menu. I think. I think Mogul is doing something like that. Okay, okay. Because um, I remember even like when I got married, which is like seven years ago, they did tell me that they were like kind of playing around with the idea of it. Nice. But to do it on like a mass scale for weddings, like I think you kind of have to like tweak a few things to make it yeah. taste as good as like their regular product, yeah. you know? Um, but isn't it something similar with Jane food? Like, like you know, for the Sauvignon and Monday? Maybe, yeah. Uh, there's no onions and no... Yeah, no onions. No, so garlic, with Jane food, no no rooted vegetables. Yeah. I had a lot. I grew up with a lot of Jane friends. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. A stupid question, right? My best friend is Jane. Mm-hmm. My best friend is Jane. He's a vegetarian. All that kind of stuff. Doesn't eat eggs. Nothing, right? And he tells me that, you know, um, being Jane, you can't eat garlic and all that stuff because it's a rooted... Uh, yeah, when you uproot the vegetables, you're hurting insects. Yeah, and yeah. you're using manure, manure to grow the food. Mm-hmm. But isn't that everywhere? You're growing. I mean, everything you I, eat. I, I mean, even if you, eat, if you have an apple, 
of an apple tree, for example. Yeah. It's growing from a tree. Yeah, and that's, that tree is growing from... Well, no, I think trees are different. Bro, stop it. I it's mean, growing from somewhere. We could dissect it. To where is this conversation no going? Ends, right, going down our road. <laughs> but the whole concept of it doesn't make sense to me. I yeah. Mean, to each their own, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. But you, it doesn't make sense to me because there's there's always a a rebuttal for everything that you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying. I mean, so I've had some Jane food that's been like delicious. Like, yeah. uh, I, mean, I remember, like, I had paneer one time. It was Jane paneer, and uh, it had no, you know, onions or garlic or whatever. Like they put in paneer makhani, and it was yeah. like the most amazing paneer makhani I've ever had in my life. I would have chosen that over a regular paneer makhani. But um, what was the question? No, I lost. We're, my... we're talking about mogul and the vegan. Yeah. So menu. I, I think to do it on a large scale, like it's got to be like. It's got to be done properly, yeah. right? Because you could also piss off a lot of people with some bad food. Because we all know there's some, you know, caters out there that will definitely f up a you know, a, a good buffet. You know, well, you got to be consistent in something, right? Yeah, you have to. <laughs> and if, if your business is food, you better be consistent with the food. You know, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So now you mentioned like with the food, it has to be consistent, right? The mundups are all the products are like redundant. Yeah, so recycled, mm-hmm. right? And the same thing with like, how can you make your event that much different? Yeah. So what like, can you the, possibly do? so like uh, every client I ever talked to, they're always like, Hey, how can we separate our event from the next one? And like a lot of the stuff is redundant, same buffet menu, same decor pieces, yeah. all this stuff, whatever. Right. So it's like, I'm not necessarily against having like performances, you know, performers come through like Jay Sean. We've done events with like Jay Sean, RDB and, um, even Rogov, like yeah. we, like a whole bunch of different people. I, like I saw a wedding that's ha- that happened over the weekend with like Rupi performed at Legacy oh, nice. Castle. You know, I wasn't the DJ, but I just saw it on social media, which I thought was cool. You know, yeah. it's a it yeah. adds like a different element to the wedding and the reception versus just having like a straight up dance party the, the whole time. Yeah, and I would obviously be biased because I'm a DJ and like I just want to rock the party the whole yeah. night. I don't want the attention to go anywhere to any other performer, right? Yeah. But in terms of like the because I always tell the clients, I'm like, it's all about the experience of the event. Yeah. Put yourself in like your client's shoes. What are they, you know, what are they going to enjoy? And what I don't like is, is when you have too much stuff. Like I did a wedding one time many years ago and they had a comedian. They had a violinist. A comedian at a wedding? Yeah. During, during cocktail hour? No, during dinner. Like they had a plated dinner. Okay. Okay. So everybody's sitting down, food so served like at their tables. Yeah. Dinner and a show. Okay. But then, you know, after the comedian, they had a violinist. And then they had like these like... Cirque du Soleil, like floral dancing girls that came in and just started dancing. Okay. And then, you know, then the planner's like, all right, open up the dance floor. The dancers are going to stay on the floor and whatever, like do their thing while to your music. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Um, but then like halfway through, they're like, all right, we're going to bring a saxophonist out now and do this. First, I personally hate that. Cause it's just like this high pitched screeching yeah. Yeah, sound, yeah. And the fuck you know. You're mixing too. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they're just playing like random notes. Like, yeah. they're not like sometimes they're not fully aware of like what the song is. So, like, you know, for example, like Nightcrawler's "Push the Feeling On" has it, like that saxophone yeah. sample, right? Yeah. If you don't know that song, and I'm playing it, and then all of a sudden you start playing a bunch of like different random saxophone then notes. What's the point? Yeah. It's like all right, like you're not playing to the song. You're just kind of like doing whatever you want to do. And to me, I hate that. Even like when it comes to like you know, Dubla, Dole, like any of yeah. the stuff, if you're not playing to the music, then you're just adding noise. 100%. And to me, I don't like that. Like, so again, if you're doing too much, stop. Stop. <laughs> that, that's the theme. You know, if you're doing too much, stop. 
And again, with the clients, if you're doing too many performances, even dance performances from your family and friends, yeah. if you got like six people performing at like 10 minutes each, you know, your whole hour is eaten up. There you, go. you know, if you have too many speeches, it's, it's going to eat up all this time. And when you're doing momentum. too much yeah. at your event, regardless if it's a Sweet 16, a wedding, yeah. engagement party, whatever it is, if you're doing too much, stop. What I try to do is if I was to bring in a... An electric violinist, for example, mm-hmm. I would have them touch base with the DJ. Have a twenty, have a twenty-minute conversation. Yeah. Talk about what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Right? If you could probably do a rehearsal, mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Me, you know, I'm saying because you don't want to go in blind. Yeah. I'm yeah. The same way with my dole players as well. Yeah. The morning broad is one thing, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But the reception, don't just come in and add to it. That's going to be noise, right? Yeah. It's like if you're talking, and if I'm talking, and this that's just a conflict of our vocals, as just noise at that point. Yeah. Right, listen to the music. Listen, I'm mm-hmm. playing this song followed by this song. Let's do some skits. Yeah. You know, saying let's make it into a performance. Yeah. Do something with it. So I try to do that with all my outside vendors, mm-hmm. right? For example, um, yeah. I'm doing another wedding in a couple of weeks. I have a singer for the cocktail hour, right? He's by himself mm-hmm. doing this thing. I have an electric violinist opening doors, right? And mm-hmm. then she's going to stay on for the reception. Yeah. But for the reception, she has to go through some rehearsals mm-hmm. with the DJ. Yeah. So I just don't want you to play for the whole duration of the dance party. That's not happening at all. Yeah, it should be a performance. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to come in, do like two, three songs at a time, mm-hmm. go away for 20 minutes, come back, yeah. two, three songs at a time, mm-hmm. go away for 20 minutes, do it like that. Because now it's like a little bit at a time mm-hmm. and it's and that's beautiful. Yeah. Instead of just constant because it's overkill. Yeah. And that's just noise at the end of the day. Yeah, like no one to come in and out. Like I don't, I don't want to hear a dull remix to Drake's God's Plan. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like th- there's certain songs like, and then that's when I get kind of annoyed with like the live, you know, instruments and yeah. stuff like that. It's like when you're coming in and you're doing it to a song that, like, if the crowd wants it, like if the bride and groom are part of a Bhangra team and at yeah. Rutgers at some point, fine. Like maybe it calls for it, but like kind of read the room a little bit. Just because yeah. you have a dole doesn't mean it needs to be played for every single song. And also, if you're a DJ that produces his or her own music mm-hmm. and you drop that particular track. And you worked hours, days, weeks on this one particular track. Mm-hmm. Now you have a dole player putting on another track on it, yeah. like another level. Yeah, that must be pissing you off. I mean, yeah, that would definitely piss me off. Yeah, yeah. There's certain moments where like you gotta let the DJ do his thing and shine, and that DJ will notice that, and well, they should notice that, and they'll reciprocate that love and let you shine. Like yeah. everybody will have their moment to be a micro celebrity within that wedding. A micro celebrity. Micro celebrity. I like that. Yeah. So within the four or five hours, you know, that you have in that party, like everybody should have their moment to shine and do their thing. Caterers do it when they serve their food. You know, wedding coordinators, you guys have the whole day basically to like be with the bride and groom and do your thing and make sure they're happy and like make sure you know smoothly. yeah and like most of the time the bride and grooms will shout you guys out and like hey shout out to the planner you guys did an amazing job we couldn't do this without you so yeah. on and so forth great when's the dj gonna shine when that dance floor opens up that that's their moment they're gonna rock they're gonna like really put on a good show for the bride and groom right the dope players like unless you have like a proper you know sequence you know, show that you're going to put on where you have rehearsed to a track, you know exactly what you're going to do. It's all timed out accordingly. Great. Let me know what that track is. I'm going to put it on. You do your thing. I'm going to let you shine. I'll shout you out. I'll rock out with you, you know, all that stuff. I think there's a time and place for everybody uh, under 
you know, within that four or five hour block yeah, of like yeah. the re- wedding reception, right? Um, I mean, your diaspora is only like two hours, maybe. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? If I just have a dole player, like just or whoever, it doesn't. I keep saying dole player because it's the most common thing to yeah. mention, but it could be any. It could be like a, a saxophone. Yeah, whatever. Or it could be a conga player, anything. Yeah. If you're doing too much and you're kind of taking over what I'm trying to do, it also kind of messes with the energy of what I'm trying to give to the dance floor, right? If, if, that storyline you're trying to create. Yeah, that storyline. All of a sudden, you're putting a bookmark in there and ripping out a chapter out and yeah, skipping yeah, yeah, pages yeah. and stuff like it. it it's a weird analogy, but yeah, like it's just, you're gonna I get what you're saying. You're gonna mess up the flow of like what I'm trying to do or what any DJ is trying to do. Like yeah. have respect for the DJ because the DJ, in my opinion, is one of the most important parts of the wedding. It's the DJ and it's the food. Yeah, that's only two things. You I think DJ is number one. I. I have to agree. <laughs> I, I definitely have to agree. Because yeah. you could take away the buffet, man. You could order Uber Eats, get some Taco Bell, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and well, But if, if that music is gone, you can't Uber Eats a uh, DJ. You can't, Fox. you know, unless you know someone that could give them, give them a ride to have them come <laughs> over. But you know what Fox. I mean? Like you, you can't. You can't just bring in a DJ like the DJ has to be scheduled. You're picking the DJ based off their talent, what they bring to the table and what they're going to do for your crowd. And do you think that's uh, predominantly what we're used to in the in the tri-state area? Because there's a couple of states in the Midwest and down south. Oh, DJs are not priority outside of the tri-state area. That's I'll tell you that. Get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I have serious. a lot of uphill battles with like planners out there for even just like like where my DJ booth is going to be. Sometimes they want to stick me in a corner. I'm yeah. like, nah, homie. <laughs> How do you that's feel not going to happen. I hate it. I, it. Yeah, it pisses me off a lot because. You know, in the tri-state area, I think collectively as a community, all the DJs have worked so hard mm-hmm. to make ourselves not just like, oh, we're the DJ, we're the jukebox. You know, we're not just like another like iTunes or Apple Music. Yeah, yeah. No, we're like an artist coming into the room and we're, we have a very you know specific set of skills that's going to put on a show and entertain your guests. So yeah. when they walk home... Uh, or walk to their rooms and they go home, they're driving home, they're like, damn, like, I had a damn good time. Yeah. And, you know... Obviously, there's all those follow-up calls. Oh, Auntie, did you have a good time? Or like, you know, like whatever. Like the the parents start talking to each other. DJ was great, yeah, so good, (laughs) you know. And like that's what parents want to hear because they're spending a lot of money on their kids, you know, um, their weddings and stuff. They want to hear from their guests that they had a good time. Hundred percent. And because parents do it for the guests. Yeah, they're doing it for the. You host a wedding reception for the guests. If that wasn't the case, then you just get married with your immediate family and call it a day. Go out for dinner, you know, at Mogul Express and call it a night. You know, that's what's happening nowadays after COVID. The micro weddings is in. Yeah. There's no more big ballroom weddings. You got people going to court. Yeah. With their parents, get that done. Yeah. Go to the Monday. Yeah. Get that done. Mm-hmm. Have a small little celebration. Yeah. Get that done. Yeah. And save all that money mm-hmm. and go buy yourself a house. Yeah. Some of the COVID weddings we did were kind of cool. Tell me. Because we did a wedding at uh, Hanover Marriott one time. And they had set up the dance floor, but you weren't allowed to dance. So, like, we had to tell people to stay at their tables to dance. To just bop in the chair? Yeah, no. Like, you could, like, you know, there's, like, whatever, 10 chairs on a table. Just, like, you know, the waiters would come and, like, give you a drink at your table. It's almost like having, like, a table at a nightclub. Like you're not walking around, you know, you're going to, st- you know, gotcha, you're going to flex gotcha, at your gotcha. table. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like the drinks would come to your table and you would just dance at your table and have a party. So Food's there, like everything's all at your table. So you don't have to get up. You don't have to move around. So like it was a really challenging thing, but it was a cool experience at the same time. Because again, like for a lot of the, like the stuff that's like redundant in our, in our business, like yeah. that was something different and cool and chill. And it was, uh, we did a wedding in Maryland 
And apparently in Maryland law, if you, um, they consider dancing an, uh, like exercise. So you're allowed to have dancing on a dance floor because it's considered exercise. It's a physical activity. That was the loophole? Yeah, that was the loophole. So we were able to do a dance floor in Maryland during COVID because wow. of that loophole. It was the funniest wow. thing. Wow, I yeah. just learned something new today. Yeah, the wow. banquet manager came up to us like, yeah, because I was like, yo, how are we having a dance floor? Like, it's COVID. Like, oh, no, like, it's, it's, it's considered exercise in Maryland, so we can do it. I'm like... All right, crazy. sure, let's do different it. Different rules, different yeah. folks. Double different masked strokes. up and everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. You started a company called VR. Yes. Production. Yes. High-end production. Let me yes. get it right. High-end. High-end yeah. production. High-end equipment. High-end equipment. Yeah, everything. Stuff. So yeah. You, that was uh, primarily for the wedding industry and your private events? No. Or was um, that corporate? Straight corporate. Okay. So, you know... A lot of the stuff, like a lot of the equipment is used in the wedding industry, but my main focus was for that was corporate events, um, you know, non-denominational like events. Like there's no like, hey, it's just for Indian people or, you know, South Asian people or, you know, Asian people or black, whatever. Like yeah, they, yeah, it yeah. was for everybody. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like I, I wanted to start a business where I could be in every room. Even if I was DJing at one location, mm -hmm. I could be in multiple rooms and still earn income f despite me not being there. Of course. Right? So, and I've always been like a love lover of like tech stuff. I've always geeked out on like audio equipment, yeah. lighting, all that stuff. Since day one, I've always tried to purchase the best equipment I could afford. Even like my first set of speakers were, were like these EAW towers. Oh, the big towers. Yeah, yeah. The, the dual 15 towers yeah. that weighed a ton. And, you know, I got to shout out DJ Sewage. He's the first one that I saw. You know, he had those towers. Uh, Ladla had them. Yep. I think uh, Karma had them. I think Sherrod even had them. Like a bunch of people had them, right? EAWs. Yeah. yeah, the LA 325s. Google it up. If you don't know what that is. <laughs> Kick you know, ass system. Model number two. Yeah, quick. dude. The, like I like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I remember model numbers of what I've had over the years. I remember, you know, how it sounded. Like yeah. you know, just everything about it. Yeah, even like all the drivers and that speaker. Like I replaced them myself. Like I unscrewed it, took it apart. Like like I nerded out to that extent where like I'm performing surgery on like these speakers. You yeah. know, and ever since then I'm like, yo, like I, I wanted to do something more than just DJing. Like I wanted to elevate the events that. Maybe I'm not necessarily a part of as a DJ, but yeah. I could be the guy, you know, to the side of the DJ booth versus, you know, behind the DJ booth. Or, gotcha. you know, I could be the guy in front of the DJ booth, making sure that the DJ up on the stage sounds good or that he looks good with his lighting or that the bride and groom stage looks amazing. Yeah. You know, or if we're at a corporate event, hey, make sure like the keynote speaker can be heard clearly around the room. I feel like personally, that's more fulfilling. Yeah. Because and you're doing so many other things mm -hmm. like you know versus um djing yeah because you got one goal at that point is mm -hmm. to make sure they're dancing yeah which is hard yeah it's definitely hard right because you're always like 10 steps ahead of the game yeah like what's the next song mm -hmm. but 10 steps ahead so now you're doing um technical stuff yeah on the back end the sound quality all the the lighting mm -hmm. all that beautiful stuff right yeah that gives you more uh feeling of fulfillment i personally think yeah and it's harder than djing yeah, DJing is like a like easy. Like I could do it blindfolded with earplugs and all that stuff. You're an expert onto it. I've been I doing mean, it for so long. It's yeah. 24 years now, right? Yeah. And there's like a saying. I don't know who came up with it. You probably know, but somebody said like it's 10,000 hours to perfecting your craft. Yeah. So like, 
I, I don't know how it's probably a hundred thousand hours at this point. Right. Like, but I've done so many events over the years that like now, like I walk into a room just based off like how people are speaking, body language, all that stuff. I actually, I know exactly what kind of crowd I'm dealing with. 100%. I know what direction to go with, you know, when it comes to like the music and everything. So it's very easy for me. It was, yeah. it, it's, it's too easy now, Yeah. you know, and I needed like a challenge and that's I, important. Yeah, you, you need that. You gotta challenge yourself. Yeah. I'm a strong believer in that. Yeah. I always say if you're on top of one mountain, mm -hmm. you're on the bottom of the other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying if you're just getting by now, you're just so bored with it, mm -hmm. the passion is gone. Yeah. Then what are you gonna do? You gotta challenge yourself, right? Because you're so yeah. comfortable in mm -hmm. that position. Yeah. But being comfortable, that's not growth. Yeah. And if you're someone like me, I I always have to grow. Yeah. What's the you next step? What's yeah. the next step? Because the yeah. thing is, if you stop growing, you start living. You stop growing, you stop living. I, yeah. I personally believe. Yeah. And there's mental burnout too with that, right? Yeah. Like if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, like you feel like you're just living Groundhog's Day doing the same thing over yeah. and over. And like there are certain weekends where I'm doing these weddings. I'm just like, damn, like I wish there was something different we could do here right now. And I just can't like like because I'm stuck with whatever is yeah. here, you know? Um, and like the, the whole production side of things is just nuts because – I'll give you an example. Like we have a corporate event next week in New York City, and we're doing a hundred um, translation headsets. Okay. So the, it's a Chinese company, and they have a conference happening in New York City. We have to provide a hundred headsets so that they can hear the translation of the keynote speaker. Okay. And then on top of that, we're doing a sixty foot by eleven foot high LED wall. Okay. Which is massive. That's huge. So. You know, yeah, sure, just plug in on HDMI cable. No, like now we have like a Barco E2, you know, 4K processor because we have to split the LED wall in half so that, you know, the image is, comes out to 4K because you can't do it off one processor. Like there's all these like <laughs> random nerdy things. And I probably just sounded like I was speaking Japanese for a second for anyone who doesn't like fully understand what I'm talking about. But like, like that's cool to me. Like I yeah. love learning about stuff like that and getting into the technical, like nitty gritty side of things because it's fun. Whereas like, and then the beauty about everything that I'm learning now through VR, yeah. I can carry that over to the private event market yeah. where now, like now our clients are now able to elevate, you know, to a higher level so and introduce stuff. For the weddings though, right? Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is VR also I created so that I could collaborate with everybody in the industry. Yeah. Cause I know there's like a certain competitiveness with like me being DJ insomnia, but like I could take that name away, put it to the side. And now VR is like a blank slate. Now it's like, Hey, this is a production company coming in, working with you. You're the DJ. You're the star. You're going to shine. I'm going to make sure you look good. Yeah. I'm going to make sure you sound good. Yeah. And that's, like one of the main goals behind creating VR is to collaborate with everybody, work with everybody and fulfill that technical geeky side of me that like, you know, wants to just be a part of the event for You're me. glowing when you talk about this. Yeah. And the thing so is like, I, I, I learned after so many years that I don't need to be the top line of the invoice. Like I don't need to have my name at the top line of that invoice. I could be at the bottom of the invoice working for somebody else. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I just want to be a part of the event now. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Makes like sense. I just, I just, for me, it's about collaborating with people and just putting on a, a kick ass show. Whoever's DJ, earlier, doesn't matter. Like, clients call you and ask you, so Samuel, what can we do that's different? Yeah. Right. Do you think the production concept of it is being different? Yeah. A thousand percent. I think adding lighting and doing it in a tasteful way. Yeah. Cause that's the, that's the key thing. Doing it a tasteful way. You could add all the lights in the world, but if you want like a candlelit setting, but 
you know, your DJ is selling you 50 moving heads, then you're just at a Las Vegas nightclub at that point. You're yeah. not doing your candlelit setting. So I think it, it also comes with a sort of responsibility and, you know, knowledge of how to approach a client and say, hey, you know what? You have to have also like that confidence and resistance to say, hey, you know what? You don't need 50 moving heads. You don't need 20 moving heads. You can do maybe just some Lico's. Saying no client is one of the hardest things. But yeah. it has to be done. But you know what? In the long run, you will get a lot more respect from that client. Yeah, and they will be more willing to refer you because you did honest work. You weren't yeah. just trying to take every little nickel and dime and out of them. had their best interest in mind. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that, that's very important. Yeah. And I think that having that mentality comes with years of experience. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about it before we even started recording how like, you know, we're always trying to look out for the best interest of the client. Yeah. And making sure that like, you know, any way we could pay it forward to them, like we'll do that. Yeah, that's what I was talking to you about the whole credit system. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like instead of me getting commission from like an event planner or a, or a photographer. Yeah. Like I don't want that couple hundred dollars. Send that money towards the client. Yeah. Save it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because the clients are there for you. I mean, without the clients, where are we going to be? Yeah. Look out the clients, 100%. I'm a strong, strong believer. I, I can believe around that. It's, it's good karma. It'll come back to you. It has to come back to you, yeah. right? Like, you know, with, with with that, it's all about business ethics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all part of the whole conversation. Yeah. Knowing what to do mm-hmm. and what not to do it. Yeah. And not being a scumbag about it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a couple of times where I used to sign that. When I first started, for example, when I didn't have a team, mm-hmm. I would, like, in you know, a freelance with other DJs and send them out. And they would pass out their information. But then they're my label. You know, like, yeah. there were times where I got a call from the client. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Jay, by the way. Your DJ that you sent gave me his card. Should I give him a call mm-hmm. or give you a call? What yeah. do I do? Yeah, I feel like that's all business um, business ethics. Yeah, and not a lot of people have that. Mm-hmm. And that comes with age, also. Like that, yeah. that comes with being a veteran in this wedding industry. Yeah, I got to know what to do and what not to do. Yeah, I feel like it's lost in the long, on the young community, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they don't want to like change it. You know what I'm I, everybody's kind of out for themselves yeah which you know and that's huge in the south that's very big in the south mm-hmm. I, I get a couple of my colleagues and even from um a few of my dj buddies in detroit mm-hmm. like jay what do you do when you send out djs who pass out their own cards yeah what type of i can advice mm-hmm. you have yeah i tell them pay them more pay them more I pay my guys top money above yeah. the market rate mm-hmm. just to make sure that they're loyal. Yeah. Because that's huge. I'll buy yeah. that loyalty. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, if that's what's going to take for you to not pass out your own cards mm-hmm. and be part of my organization, yeah. then so be it. Yeah. You know? I will pay you like you know, very well what you want. Mm-hmm. But that's part of it, though. I mean, yeah. you got to pay. You got to pay at that point. Yeah. You know? I think, uh, you know, like our... South Asian community is so like tightly knit that if you are a person that is going to hand out your own business card when you're working under a different brand, um, that word will spread very quickly. You're not gonna and get away from y- it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get away from it, and also your business is going to get cut off. Like, 100%. who's going to want to trust you to do something like that? Um, you know, w- with our crew um, in Premier, um, like we act as like a DJ agency. So we have our set list of DJs on our roster. We handle all the production, um, all the bookings, everything, even client relationships with like, you know, dealing with them with the schedules, itinerary, stuff like that. Like we handle all that for them. And in the week of, we get on a call and our DJs speak to the clients, 
you know, develop that rapport, that connection. And then when the day comes, they rock out and we have like exclusive rights to their bookings. So if anybody's having issues like that with, you know, other DJs handing out different cards, I think maybe change the business model a little yeah, bit. Um, you know, and I, I got to shout out Magic Mike because he was kind of the guy who to like, you know, really establish that format of yeah. having an agency, you know, and I think a lot of the, uh, I guess, OGs, if you want to call it, you know, like us, Sherrod's crew, like we all have that DJ agency format. And I think having that format also helps your brand out because you're, you're able to develop a brand that's like consistent. Like yeah. when people call it premiere, they know that like whatever DJ they're getting is like, a, like a solid party rocker. And yeah. you're and it's huge. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's gotta be consistent right so like you know whether you're at my event you're at ambitions event gore of kumar's event hr beats any of our guys you know whoever you get from our crew like and the thing is we all our djs have their own business cards but it's under a premier brand yeah it's a very it's a very different way that we've marketed our crew is it the office uh so it's it's my information as well as my partner dershan's uh information and but the picture it's a double-sided business card the picture of the dj is is the picture of the dj like the other side of the business card is them it's a professional photo yeah yeah so like you know the dj is able to market themselves and brand themselves but also brand us at the same time and they're developing loyalty to us because you know we're giving them the tools and the access to get into rooms that they probably normally wouldn't be able to get into on their yeah, own. Yeah. And we're helping them also develop their brand, right? Because you could kind of like just pimp yourself out and DJ for every single crew in the world, but you're never going to build a brand. And that's everything. If you if you want to build a brand, you got to stay loyal to something. Either Unless work solo. Unless you are that brand. Unless you are that brand. I'm yeah, but then if you're DJing for everybody, I think you kind of diminish the value of your brand. Okay. You know, because I think, you know, like, for example, like, if I had just hired random DJs in Jersey, just for example, right? What stops somebody from just going to that person to just book them directly versus calling me up, right? Or vice versa. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that DJ could also just go out, represent us, but then they might just call us and then we don't give them the event, right? It's it's a mutual relationship, right? So, like... For them to just be the brand by themselves and just kind of push everybody off to the side, that's fine. If you do your own thing, do your own thing. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But if you're going to DJ for a, a crew, yeah. I I personally feel like you should be sticking to one crew. One particular crew. Yeah, because then even like as like the, the crew also develops a specific sound. They, yeah. they develop a specific look, image, all that stuff. Like Premiere, like we have our own image. Like we have our own look. Like when you see us... When you hear our sound system, when you see our lighting, like when you see our DJs rocking, like you, we have a very specific format and formula to what we do, which works for us, right? Yeah. And I think if you're a DJ DJing for different crews, like you're never also going to develop your own sound, right? Because, you know, like let's say like a DJ, you know, works with you, you're emceeing their event, yeah. right? Like they're never going to fully develop if they start DJing for everybody else. Like your DJ should be DJing for you. That's just my opinion, right? Uh, 100%. I, I think because then, be yeah, because also as an MC, you know how they DJ. Yeah. And I'm sure you have your set list, you know, of DJs that you love working with because you know how they work, you know how they operate and stuff, right? And it, it, again, it's mutual, right? Like you know how they operate, they know how you MC. And like it's it's a it's it's harmony. It's beautiful because yeah. then once you guys it are rocking, beautiful. yeah, because once you're rocking the dance floor, like it's flawless. You know what this. You know what the you know 
as the MC, I know what the next song is going to be. Yeah. I know where he's going to cut. I know what I need to talk. Yeah. And it's seamless. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, aside from the business side of things of like building your brand and like making it consistent, even your performance will become more consistent because now you're working with people that you know, you understand, you work side by side with. And, you know, like your performances will just be flawless night after night after night. 100%. But like even as an MC, mm-hmm. right? Even if you don't work with the same DJ all the time. Yeah. As an MC, as an event host, mm-hmm. you need to understand music. Yeah. You, you, you have to understand when the choruses are, are going to drop, um, when the beat break is. Yeah. The highs and the lows. Yeah. You need to know how to say three, two, one on beat. There you go. It's <laughs> Not so three, simple, two, right? one, and then four beats pass, and then the drop comes there in. There you go. Yeah. Like, you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so yeah. something like that, you got to know the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of MCs out there who are great at what they do, but they just need to know how to read the music because that's huge. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's, that's just like a little polishing, energy. right? Like, yeah. you, that, that could always be fixed, you know? But yeah, like, they, they to perfect your craft, you have to understand music. Even with lighting guys. I tell some of the lighting guys in my crew, I'm like, yo, like, you know, you're doing your thing with the patterns, but you're not doing it towards to, to the music. Yeah. And that's just as important as the MC rocking the mic to, to, to the music. You know, dull players, you know, rocking their dull to the music. Like everybody has to be in sync with the music. If you're not understanding music and your your beat counts and stuff like that, then you need to kind of sit down. Your build up, your show. Yeah, your do some homework, man. I remember when I first started learning how to MC, like Party rocking MC, not like the, you know, introductions and stuff like that, because that's a whole other talent that takes time to develop. Right. But just party rocking MC, I would literally be in my car listening to music and I would just start shouting shit out on the mic, not in the mic, but like in my car as if I'm like emceeing a party. And that's kind of how I learned as you should be. Yeah. Just kind of that's how kind of how I learned how to like, you know, go with the flow of the music, like come up with things to say that like would you know, accompanying the music and not clash with the music, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, yeah. like, I think a lot of guys, if, they're, if you're MCs and you want to get serious about MCing, like, you really need to hone in on the music and understand practice and understand it. it. Yeah, man. Talk to Jay, science. man. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I appreciate that. There's a whole science behind that, man. Right? Yeah. There's a whole science behind the way you speak, uh, when to speak, yeah. the clash of your vocals, mm-hmm. working the pauses, for example. I you look at me like what the fuck is that? <laughs> so working the pauses, right? You mentioned a few minutes ago. Yeah. As a formal MC, taking care of the introductions mm-hmm. and the formalities mm-hmm. is different than a party rocking MC, right? Mm, yeah. Working the pauses is something I coined a while ago because I need to make sure my crowd is engaged every minute mm-hmm. of the event. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, you get it, right? Yeah. So like, uh, there's one thing that uh, one example I always give. I've, I've given it to all my guys and my crew too. Like that song Om Shanti Om. Yeah. Um, after the first chorus comes, there's like a break where it goes like like whatever. Like uh-huh. there's like a break. There's no lyrics, nothing, not even a beat, and it's kind of like dead air. And what I noticed was anytime the crowd's on the floor, they're just kind of like looking around, like what do I do? What do mm-hmm. I do? I'm like yo, get on the mic, shout out the bride and groom, like tell them to make some noise, get their hands up, do something to fill up that dead air. Yeah, no dead air. I yeah. hate dead air. Yeah. I talk to my clients about that show all the time. I hate dead air. Yeah. I don't care if you have cocktail A, cocktail B in two separate locations. Have the music flow yeah. continuously somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even from speech to speech, when there's that break and the you know guest is taking a picture of the bride and groom, DJs have some background music playing. The background no silence. Music, I hate <laughs> silence, man. And like also like even as an MC, right? I've been also teaching a few uh, workshops, mm-hmm. and I teach my MCs and my hosts like listen to the speeches. Yeah. The parents of the the groom, the parents of the bride, they're talking. Listen to the speeches. You have to 
take account the reaction from yeah. the crowd. Mm -hmm. Are they are they like uh, happy? Is it like an awe moment? Right? Feed into that. Yeah. So instead of just saying a big round of applause for the parents and the groom, take a step further. Uncle, yeah. I loved your speech. That tidbit you said about mm -hmm. the groom's shoes or this and that. Yeah. It tugged on my heartstrings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. We yeah, all yeah. appreciate a big, big round of applause. Just fill that space because now your crowd is engaged even more. Yeah. Because they're all jaded. Yeah. They all been to the same events. They mm -hmm. know what's happening. They know the food. They know the same 75 songs. Mm -hmm. They know the decor. They're like, ah, oh, my kaka had the same decor. Yeah. My voice had the same decor. Yeah. So forth and so on, right? Mm -hmm. It's it been there. They're yeah. jaded. So what can you do that's a little bit different? Because the last thing you want is your crowd to be talking. Yeah. Talking amongst themselves, having a party amongst themselves in the main event. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So keep them engaged. Just yeah. be different. Just reinvent yourself all the time. Yeah. And just talk at the mic. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, and slow down when you're talking as well. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Also, when you mix, right? That's a skill too. Like, like your cadence and how you speak. 100%. That also plays, because I remember back in the day when I first started emceeing, I used to talk really fast. You want to get I'm the typical Jersey. Off the floor. Yeah. Like, I'm a typical Jersey person. I talk fast as hell. Yeah. So, like, I remember when I used to MC, I used to talk really, really fast. And then I remember I um, I saw some video of me. Somebody, like one of my guys recorded me MCing introductions. And I just remember I was like, damn, I'm talking really fast. Like, yeah. this is weird. Like, I, I feel like I'm like rushing to get the introductions over with. Maybe, and that might have been the truth. Maybe I was just nervous and I wanted to get it over with. That's common, though. Yeah. Like, uh, most MCs that talk really fast, they don't want to be on a floor because they're nervous yeah. being in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they want to get off the floor as, as soon as possible. Yeah. But once you slow down and you enjoy yeah. that attention, mm -hmm. and, and it's not even the attention, you know, it's, it's the control. Yeah, right. commanding the room, yeah. There you go. I mean, I'm an alpha person, right? I feel like I I want to be in control, especially in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to take my time yeah. and jump on the floor. Like, when the doors are open, I'm I'm in the center of the floor with the mic in my hand. I'm just mm -hmm. bopping to the beat. Yeah. Just bopping to the beat, not even saying anything. Like, they're walking in, they see me on the mic. Oh, that's mm -hmm. probably the MC. Yeah. There's a mic in his hand. Mm -hmm. But he's also dancing on the floor real yeah. quick by himself. You're having a good time. I'm having a blast. They see this. Now you see them dancing a little bit too, right? But now I have full control of that person. Yeah. Because they saw this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's no disconnect anymore. Yeah. So now when so now when I'm on the mic, it's like, ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Ooh, I got chills. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that shit, bro. And it's true because you gotta work the pauses. You yeah. need to know it's all about the being dramatic that's good and bad, mm -hmm. but being dramatic at the right time. Yeah. Like I have a skit for my first dance. Mm -hmm. My first dance's skit is a little bit different. It's mm -hmm. not like I want to invite the bride and groom down to the dance floor for the first dance. Yeah. It's, ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? In their lifetime together, Jack and Jill will share an infinite number of memories. Tonight, you and I have the pleasure and privilege of sharing the memory of their first dance as husband and wife. Damn. That's the skit. Jay, let's let's just dance right now. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> the grab you, let's do a first dance. That's the skit. So picture that <laughs> man, it's quiet, it's light piano playing in the background. Yeah. And then you jump on the mic. Yeah. And the chills you get. And I was told that by a client, like, yo, Jay, when you fucking said that, I got chills. Yeah. I'm like, that's a seller. Yeah. So I saved it, I reinvented it, I made it more dramatic, more emotional. Yeah. Cause cause at a wedding, all your senses are heightened. Right? Yeah. And you gotta hone into it. Mm -hmm. As an entertainer, that's that's our playground. Yeah, you gotta hone into their emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, from the energy, their the sadness, their happiness. 
the everything. You, yeah. You, you got to touch base into yeah. that because that's how you be. Yeah. Memorable. I've always um, told my guys like every announcement has to be a moment. 100%. Like it has to be a movie. And if your announcement sounds super generic, you're not going to command the room. Like it just sounds like any other announcement. Because you you've know? been there, you've done that. Yeah. You know, it's just. Cause you, have be yeah, cause you have to be genuine. When you got to be, yeah. I mean, you got to be genuine, but also like, like for example, um, if you're announcing the cake cutting, like I feel like sometimes like it just comes off as like a very passive. Okay, cool. Cake cutting, whatever. But like, if you get people excited about the cake cutting, that's like really commanding the room. That's really like in getting people engaged into, you know, what's about to happen versus, you know, all right, let's, let me just continue my conversation with the person next to me it's like yeah. oh oh they're cutting the cake let me get my phone out let me take a picture for instagram it's all or whatever skits. you gotta have different skits yeah you gotta have a thing. skit you gotta have a script like i got a skit for the cake cutting too a word <laughs> don't don't drop all the gems I don't, bro i'm not gonna do it right now bro yeah, they're, they're, they're all gonna, gonna take it bro <laughs> and that's fine and that's fine that's okay I, yeah. there's a lot of my colleagues my mc friends yeah who have been using my skits and that's fine. Yeah. Just make it your own. You yeah. Know, twist it's all, it. yeah. it's all out there for the public. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't do what I do. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can take my words. Flex. Like there you got right. You got to take my words and make it your own. Yeah. Once you make it your own, then you own it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to mimic, then you're going to mimic that person. And that person is always going to own yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know you're going to be DJ copy and paste or MC copy and paste. There you, you go. Know? There you go. You just got to own that shit, man. Yeah. It's all about it. Everything yeah. that you do, you have to own it and good or bad. I mean, yeah. it has to be your baby at that point. Yeah. yeah. Cause now you're being genuine about it. Yeah. You know and if that? it's bad, somebody will tell you it's bad. You tweak no. it a little bit. And you just, it's, I think MCing is always like a work in progress. Like you're never done. It's never perfected. It's like fashion. It's always evolving. You're like, you never know. Yeah, there's new phrases. There's new culture coming out. Yeah. You want to talk about the new culture? You want to talk about politics once in a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> talk about politics. Politics. That's ballsy. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't do that. That's I crazy. Did it. I did you it. Did it? Oh, I geez. did it. I did it. Was it like a Trump joke? It wasn't a Trump joke. I said, "Where's all the Republicans at? Where's all the Democrats at?" I guess we all know who we're going to be uh, voting for. And because I said the last piece, mm -hmm. everyone started to laugh. And really? Time, yeah. <laughs> but it was ballsy. I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. know if I wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. But there were a lot of um political references in the room yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying there was mm -hmm. a lot of a, a, there were a lot of elephants mm -hmm. in the room and also the vice versa yeah, in yeah. the room yeah, yeah. so you could tell there was a it was influenced yeah by politics yeah, yeah. so i had to yeah you i mean know, i had to say something about it and that's one of those things that comes with experience like experience right like walking into the room and understanding like what kind of crowd you're working with because yeah, then I'm, I'm sure like you wouldn't do that for every crowd, right? Like it's got to be like the right crowd and like you know the client, you know the couple, you know their families a little bit. And you know like, all right, like this is going to this is gonna kill. Like this yeah. is going to work, you know? So, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Well, bro, that's our time. Oh my God, already? Already. Oh man. We passed the hour and Jeez, 20 minutes. We got to do this again. <laughs> this was take two and it was fantastic. Yes, take two. We're going to have another recording. Whenever you're free, feel free to come on down. Always, man. Thank have you for having me. with me. Yes. We'll talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Bro, anytime, man. If you want to vent, this is the spot. <laughs> I, I mean, I could vent out so much, but next time. We'll save that for the next one. Save it for the next one? Yes. Do me a favor, look at the camera and go into all your tags. At DJ Insomnia on Instagram. DJinsomnia.com. Uh, that's it. I'm just on Instagram, man. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. Actually, no, uh, TikTok. I don't really post that much, but it's DJ Insomnia NYC. Right I, mean, I know. I'm one of those old farts, though, man. I got to like, step up my game on there. But Instagram, I'm very active on. Uh, so check me out on uh, Instagram, at DJ Insomnia. That's what's up. Yep. Guys, that's our time. A big round of applause for DJ Insomnia. Thank you. Thank you to all you guys, all my viewers, all the comments below. Feel free to confirm, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. This space is for you guys. And as always, I'll see you on my dance floor. Peace.